This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke on the HeadGum Podcast Network. This is the show where Billy and I tackle a topic oh so loosely and discuss our previous, present, and future experience with it. Today's topic was Barack Obama. Please enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Okay, welcome back. This is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafuri. I am Adam Lustig. And this is episode number 47, and we are recording it on Tuesday, November 8th. November 8th, 2016, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Election Day. Today is the day that we elect a new president. Nate Silver becomes president today. Isn't that how it works? <laughs> Did you wake up with bubble guts, Adam? With bubble guts? Yes. I mean, like, the bubble guts, do you just mean, like, nervous, anxious guts? Yes. Is that what you kind of mean by that? You never heard the expression bubble guts? I don't think so. Bubble guts to me is when you kind of have um, loose bowel syndrome because of things outside uh, that you're seeing. You're feeling anxious. And yes. Boom, 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 yeah. Boom. You kind of just can't digest correctly. Yeah. I feel like these the kind of election bubble guts have been long gestating for about a month. They've been slow. The bubble guts have been kind of slowly bubbling. But yeah, yeah of course I have bubble guts. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You woke up with the bubbles? Uh, yeah. I've kind of been a bubbly boy. Yeah. yeah. I've been a bubbly boy for – I voted three weeks early. I was just going to say. You really did yourself I was, a service. I couldn't just – I couldn't live with those bubbles for another three weeks. Do you feel like that's eased your anxiety, having voted early, being like, mine is in. I already know what I did. It's two. There were two waves of anxiety. Um, I was feeling very anxious during the debates yeah. because it just – I just didn't want to pretend like anything that either one of them were going to say was going to sway the way I – who I was voting for. Right. And so I just needed to end the the internal, I guess I'll hear them out just in case conversation. Put a period on your sentence and just get rid of it and so move the, on. So the day before the third debate. I put in my uh, – I voted early. Wow, you voted that early. Jeez. Yeah. It seems like years ago now given the news cycle. It's like that's literally 3,500 news stories ago. Yep. <laughs> but I voted for Hillary Clinton. a boy. And a bunch of props the day before the third debate. And that was the first wave of anxiety yeah. that kind of washed away. Yeah. Because I felt like I can now watch the debates and watch everything happen knowing that I've already made my choice. Clear mind. Just clear mind. Yeah. I could just kind of – not read the news as much because I had made my choice. You had already participated in that civic duty that relates to that. So that wave of anxiety had subsided. That's nice. But now is the collective anxiety. <laughs> yeah, now all the rest of us have the bubble guts. Now I wonder who, <laughs> how everyone else is doing. Yeah, today. God. So, yeah. I know. So there's new anxiety and – As there should be. It's a monster day in American history. It's kind of a monster day. We're going to make history one way or the other, either the first female president, fingers crossed, or the first reality show president. Yes. Uh, So it's going to be historic one way or the other. Yeah. Um, It's going to open the floodgates for either women to be president or – I don't know. Ray J? I don't know who could be next. (laughs) I mean, if if Ray J does run in 2020 – yeah. Make Brandy your vice president. That would be so savvy of you. Bring your sister back. (laughs) Bring your sister back. Please. How seriously do you take Kanye's threats at a 2020 run? Uh, Not at all. Not at all. No. (laughs) This seems like the time when you might. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's four years away. Yeah. Now, you call them threats. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it seems kind of like a threat. How did Kanye West uh, go about telling people, and what did he say? What did he say? Oh, God, I'm going to get this wrong. It was pretty informal, but it was a little, I don't know, maybe during the Life of Pablo press barrage, oh, okay. I want to say. Sure. He popped off at the mouth and said that he uh, 
I, I think with some confidence, said that he is planning on a 2020 presidential sure. campaign. I'm sure he's got big plans <laughs> presidential for presidential campaign. Years. Yes, exactly. Right. We'll check back in with Kanye in a couple of years to see how that's going. President Donda. He was uh, pretty outspoken, though, back in the day when George W. Bush was our president. That was really incredible. During when the he Hurricane said, Katrina relief. When he said George W. Bush doesn't care about black people. And Mike Myers didn't know what to do. He was standing next to him. <laughs> I, <laughs> I forgot about Mike that. Mike Myers did not know how to react. Yo, but shout out to Kanye West. Seriously. Because he opened. He scratched at a scab that needed to be scratched at. Yes. And now it's so overt that we have a president candidate who doesn't actually he like yes, people. Yes, exactly. Period. Yes. He's, he's so – you uh, can tell when you're not racially sensitive by the way that you're just unable to sound normal when talking about people <laughs> who don't look like you. Like the it's searching. so forced. So forced. Yeah. Look at my African-American friend out there. How did he – why did he think that was okay to say? There's got to be a better way. Tone deaf. <laughs> tone deaf. Yes. Completely tone deaf. Well, he's – Morally tone deaf. Here's my feeling about Donald Trump. <laughs> he's been surrounded by yes men his entire life. Definitely. He was born with money. Therefore, people will pander to him from the day he was born. Have always. And so if you're surrounded by so many people who are always just telling you whatever decision you make, whatever feeling you have is correct, yeah. you're going to believe of it. Of course. And you're going to be confused when people don't inherently start believing you when you run for president yeah. or agree with you when you run for president. Yeah. And he's it, – so it seems that like while he does have blinders on and he's do, saying things that are so inappropriate, part of me thinks he doesn't know or think that this is wrong. This has been told to him his entire life. And like, this is OK. This and, is right. This, this is success. And this crazy experiment and like all the sort of like final day of the campaign articles that you read, the sort of exposés that the New York Times are writing or whoever. And first of all, it's sort of a, a amazing and kind of revelatory how candid the Trump staff has been in terms of his flaws and foibles. Right. Like Kellyanne Conway and all of his people are just like, yeah, like he's crazy. We got to take his phone away. And like they're so baldly, nudely confessional about how disjointed the campaign is and he specifically what a fragile egotistical maniac he is and this is coming from his colleagues right that it seems like he is still sort of furiously and very sadly almost on like a howard hughes type way still surrounding himself with the same four yes men still even as his house is burning down right he is just like batting down the hatches and like sitting in his lazy boy and just pretending it's all fine well it's i don't even crazy. know if he's pretending that's yeah. the thing it's like when you know one thing and you're told that this is right yeah and this is the way that success is born and bred. Yes. You behave that way till you die. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Hopefully. And look, we're not trying to segment the No Joke listeners, no. Uh, but hopefully today is the last day of the Donald Trump conversation. Let's hope so. Let's or hope so. it's the beginning of the next eight years Glee. of this podcast. Uh, of this podcast. Yes. Right. It goes one of two ways, I think, right? Because I think there's like conventional wisdom that is saying like, oh, this whole thing is a big PR thing. He wants to start Trump TV. Him and like the Breitbart guys and Roger Ailes are going to like coagulate and form this new new media empire. Right. That's going to be like TrumpTV.com on the internet. Will fail. Will fail. Will fail. Will fail. Mm -hmm. um, so that's like one avenue. Or the the maybe, perhaps one might say more uh, preferred avenue would be he just goes away. Won't happen. Will Also will not happen. Egoists don't <laughs> go away. Also will not happen. Yeah. Right. yeah. You know, he started to um, uh, scrub Trump from his uh, from his hotels. Like the, the his brand is suffering so, so much from this presidential campaign mm -hmm. um, that uh, Trump hotels, like their profits have like started to plummet and people, less and less fewer and fewer people are staying in the hotels. Right. And he literally rebranded the Trump hotel as like Scion Hotel Stop or something. It. Yeah. He and, took his name off some buildings? Yeah. Because that is the most – that's the most humility I've ever – Exactly. 
even imagine the yeah. guy. But he that is the name. I know. And I think Ivanka, I don't know, I intuit that like Ivanka also is sort of pulling some of the strings, and she seems to be the one with her head on straightest, hey. at least. Okay. At relative. That it's, means it's on sideways. It's like, exactly. <laughs> right. It's at a 92 degree angle <laughs> right. instead of 180. Right. Uh, but I think that, yeah, they've started to like literally remove the Trump logo, which I know seems catastrophic and totally anti Trump. Right. But that's how bad he's effed himself. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, so maybe he'll just go away, but again, I doubt it. He is too much of an ego and his hair is too funny for all us right. to ignore. Well, today's election day, so <laughs> we're going to find out one way or the other. When this comes out, it will be Friday and we will have a new president. It will be far gone. Our bubble guts hopefully will have receded by then and just become regular guts. Fingers crossed. Fingers freaking crossed, man. But until we do have a new president, we are going to continue to talk about one of our heroes, yes. our current president. Yeah. President Barack Obama. Yeah, we want to consider this episode something of a celebration yeah. of the coolest public servant we've seen yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool is that's just like such an extra quality exactly. for me. That's reductive to even say. Right, but yeah. it, he is so incredibly cool yeah. on top of being such a level-headed, yeah. compassionate. Yeah. President. Yeah. It's the type of thing where presidents, I don't know what they're doing every single day, (laughs) but they are a figurehead. Yes. And when they are on camera or when they do arrive when there's some sort of crisis, I just want to feel decent about the person that's speaking. I just want to know that they are going to be our figurehead and we will just be seen well. Yeah. You want to feel like your president reflects the best of your country and frankly of you personally in a certain way. Yes. Like you want to be able to, like you just said, kind of feel proud to actively identify with your president. Yes. Not feel like you need to put distance when Bush was president. was like, oh, not mine really, but like our country as America, but like not mine, Adams. Right. And there was an impulse to distance yourself from the leader of your country which is kind of like a sad thing a little bit. Totally. And it's going to happen regardless because we're so polarized. So no matter who's president, some, someone's going to hate him or her. Yes. But it felt uncomfortable to be like, oh, not totally mine. And then Obama. I mean, like, there's uh, – who? no one makes me prouder. Right. No one makes me prouder Seriously. to be myself. <laughs> I, as we've talked about this and we've even done other podcasts about this, about, like, our heroes and – People that you like just admire yeah. and want to grow up to become or at yeah. least like take some of their values and carry them over to you. Yes. And forever it's been Michael Jordan for me. And of course that's sports <laughs> and it's yeah. just like – But still heroes are heroes. Heroes are heroes. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to say that I will go to my grave saying that President Barack Obama is without a doubt one of my heroes. I, I, I agree with you. As He's a president, also one of my heroes. As a president, as a man, as a father, as a person, as a fun-loving person, as a person who contains multitudes, who can do comedians in cars getting coffee with Jerry Seinfeld and be funnier than Seinfeld, mm. and then also go to the Middle East and do peace accords with people that you think it's impossible to do. He is a, a true, true hero. And isn't that crazy that we can, like, ha- find a new hero and, like, the at, in our mid-30s? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like I, I do feel he has, like, this – he makes me – and I don't mean this in a reductive or like overly playful and condescending way. He does make me feel like an admiring child. A yeah. Bit. Like I really look up to him. Yeah. And seek his sage wisdom. <laughs> and it's especially cool because we had very high hopes for this presidency. Eight years for ago. For a bunch. Yeah. 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 Eight years ago, the night he got voted in. Oh, man. We were together with Harvard Sailing Team. Yes. This was a, a great night. We were in Brooklyn. What part of Brooklyn were we in? Uh, It would be like, I mean, it was at our dear friend Jen and Kevin's apartment at the time. And that was like not. Near Prospect, Prospect Heights. Prospect Heights ish i right, guess right by yeah. prospect park that's right but very mixed race community yeah it's kind of a west african neighborhood to lot, be very west african yes. <laughs> um 
And we were there when we saw that Florida tipped over blue. Yep. And Ohio tipped over blue. Yes. And it happened hard and fast. Yeah, it did like tumble out, as I recall. It was like yeah. very slow news cycles. <laughs> yeah. All the expected states went blue. Yeah. And then Florida, Ohio, click, click. Bing, 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 bing. And it was a wrap. We went outside, and what was happening in the streets eight years ago? It was incredible. We walked out to like right around, I guess it was Flatbush Avenue, right by the park, and people were, everyone just was sort of gravitating outside of their homes, just kind of dazed and thrilled. And music playing loudly, people <laughs> hugging in the streets. <laughs> Strangers hugging each other. Literal buses, I remember city buses driving by, full of like commuters, because yes. I don't know, maybe like 9 p.m., 8-ish p.m., yeah, something. Between 8 and 10, I'd so say. So like people who work long shifts are getting off work, and maybe they hadn't heard the news but you saw but they com- saw the news commuters on the bus look outside see the celebratory hope vibe outside and then you got to see them discover and learn that obama was elected and celebrate themselves on the bus if you saw the chicago it cubs was- win the world series yeah. and see how chicago reacted yeah. that was happening on flatbush avenue yes when president obama was elected it was bananas and it w- went so far that people were celebrating by doing like crazy wheelies on their motorcycles and like yes. motocross bikes yes <laughs> it was like a scene from fast and the furious or something it turned into a dmx concert <laughs> Immediately, immediately and that's what brooklyn needed <laughs> yeah, exactly we had such a pressure pressure cooker yeah of just what's it going to be it can't be more george bush it can't be more of this reductive just yeah, bad yeah, yeah. way of seeing america yeah and it wasn't and it was the pressure release now this year it seems like the the whole campaigning cycle yeah has created that newfound pressure again. yes yes you know and now it's like how is this pressure going to be released tonight they gave us bubble guts again every it's worse than eight years ago almost back to the guts we're back to the bubble guts but luckily yeah. president obama has made it for us at least and we'll only speak for ourselves yes a lovely and hopeful and progressive eight years and now we hope that the next president will take that Pass torch. the baton Keep it going. Go, hell, go. Keep it going. Now, do you recall the first that you ever, that Obama ever sort of floated on your radar? Because I know that in the 2000, his like coming out, again, the in the popular narrative, because mm-hmm. he was like community organizing for a while in Chicago and like being a local politician and doing yes. that. I had no awareness of him, obviously, whatsoever until yeah. that like, I want to say it was the 2004 DNC where Kerry was yes. running a bush and he like made like his first like TV speech. Senator. Senator and Barack this, like, Obama. this hot young whippersnapper senator from Illinois. That's where I remember him. Yeah, and that was like his bursting onto the national scene. It yes. was like, who is this supermodel? Why isn't he playing the... <laughs> yeah, right. Of course. So handsome and Who's cool. Who's that supermodel? But he also <laughs> just wasn't falling in line with what politicians do. Yeah. And of course, you could say that that's what Trump does too. Right. But this was different. Yeah. He was... Cool about Measured. it. Measured. Measured. Yeah. Cool about it. Yeah. And he spoke like me and my friends. Yeah. Where it was impassioned, but it was the right kind of impassioned. It wasn't trying to gear up for a fight. Yes. It was gearing up for a, we can do this if we try. Yes. And he was one of those cool guys, much like Cory Booker. Yeah. Where it's just like, will you do it soon? Yeah, exactly. Because it's just, you're cool. You so much vitality. my generation. Yes. Even if you're not. Yes. Yeah. And it was funny because even in 2008, uh, I remember before, like at the very, very beginning of that sort of election, whatever, mm-hmm. um, I, to be totally frank with you, I remember being a Hillary supporter. I remember that. In 2008. I remember that. And then I, I also remember, and I was like very Hillary and Hillary and Obama was still this like new entity, this sort of bright, shiny new thing. Came out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. I mean, nowhere. Yeah. You Relative know. nowhere right. to like plebs like us who don't fo- like religiously follow the news and no. local Chicago politics. Right. He relatively came out of nowhere. But I remember being like, Hillary, I know I love Hillary. I've had an emotional relationship with Hillary Clinton since we were nine. She's or- been doing it since we were kids, fighting for us. Okay. I've always had like very warm a- and positive and admiring associations with her. So I was very pro-Hillary. And then I have a- also have a distinct memory of, you know, Iowa is always the first state 
that polls or whatever in those right. uh, in those caucuses and those primaries. And in that 2008 primary, when Obama won that first primary in now, Iowa, now it's real. That was I remember the whole country sort of like just like took a pause, right? And because like again, we take it for granted now that about eight years later, 2016, of course Obama's the greatest. What a transcendent living angel! Yes, it's like we take that for granted. But back eight years ago, he was definitely the underdog. Hillary was the assumed favorite, totally, and was like everyone was going to be cool with the Hillary 08 presidency. Like we were looking forward to it. Yep. And then Iowa happened, and it was like holy crap, like. Barack Obama? Things like, just changed. Gonna, yeah, yeah. Everything changed. Because it was like, if Iowa, if Iowa is going to go that right. non-traditional and go Obama, yes. well, then New York, California, everyone else you can be for sure is going to go Obama. And? So it was kind of, and they did, yeah. Yes. So Iowa's that like weird canary in the coal mine. And, uh, but I definitely remember having that sensation of like, oh, this new guy is yes. going to be president. And he is. And he has been. God bless that Basically man. Basically the best one. Um, let's go into a, our first act. Please. Break. It's a song out of Chicago. It's uh, one of our favorite rappers. Yep. Um, it's by Chance the Rapper. Love this guy. Chance the Rapper was recently said to be one of Obama's favorite rappers. Great taste, Obama. Come on. I know <laughs> you don't need to be this cool all the time. <laughs> Dial it down, Barack. Um, but we can play any song on the album. It's so uh, optimistic. Chance the Rapper's coloring book. But I say we play a song called Special. Great. It's a ballad. It's lovely. And uh, I think it should be a reminder to everybody who's been following this campaign that you are still very special. Indeed. That was the song special of Chance the Rapper's album Coloring Book. Yes. And that's Drum that yes. sings that song. D-R-A-M. Yes. Yes. Um, for if you don't if you are looking for recommendations for an album or if you're just trying to hear something that maybe you haven't heard before, download or buy Chance the Rapper's coloring Anything book. Anything that he makes. Yeah, coloring book is incredible. Acid Rap is his first album that is also just amazing. 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 But coloring book specifically yes. is so rarely optimistic. Yeah. It is just like sometimes you hear rap albums and it gets you like fired up. Yeah, it gets you like ready to like go to war. Yeah, not this album. Gospel. This album is 
gospel, gospel. man. There's yeah. multiple tracks within the album that are just gospel songs. Yeah, yeah. And he's open about it. I mean, he says, what's his line? It's like, your favorite rapper is a Christian rapper. Yeah. <laughs> he says something like that. Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> he is like so open with it. And yeah. it's just, to me, that is one of the, the, my favorite rap albums in years. Yeah, it's no excellent. It's really excellent. Mm-hmm. And what was the other, sorry, side project that he had? Donnie Trumpet and the... Yeah, and the Social Experiment. Yeah, and that album maybe called Surf? Yes, but I it's think also it was. exquisite and yes. it has some other very gospel-y sort of religious tones to it that is, yeah. yeah, he's kind of the best. Yeah, that is bar none my favorite album of yeah. the year. And it's the one that I have a six CD changer, not to brag. Not to, oh, six CDs, Bill? Come on, dog. In your luxury vehicle? In the trunk. Holy crap, We man. call it a magazine. Oh, my God. We got six discs in the trunk. You're the coolest guy in 1997. Thank you. 99. <laughs> thank you. I got the 99 ACK. Um, Chance is the only Chances album I play. On, yeah. Only album on I play. Yeah. And it's funny. I see a lot of almost kind of – because he's also like 23. Yes. It's like something ridiculous. Yes. He also secretly – I mean we're big fans, so we know a lot about Chance. He also secretly on the side like filmed a movie this past summer. Yes. That is going to come out. Yes. Um, he – I think – I feel like he has been uh, – a him and Obama are – I feel like they're like not buds, but no, they, they're buds. They are buds. They're buds. <laughs> okay, good. At the last state dinner, Chance the Rapper and his dad were invited. Okay, that's just. Uh, um, this is why we've talked about that Barack Obama is a cool guy. Yeah, clearly. It's the second act of the No Joke podcast. In this episode, we're talking about President Barack Obama. Yes. Jay Z and Beyonce performed in Ohio yep. with Hillary Clinton just the other night. Just the other night yeah. to try and do a final push yep. for Hillary Clinton in Ohio. Yes. Same with LeBron James. Yes. So we know who the cool kids are voting for in <laughs> yeah, Ohio. Exactly. The next day, Donald Trump comes out and says all of the lewd language that Jay Z was saying and all of these like terrible things that he was saying, and he was t- calling rapping talking. He, he's like Donald Trump talking. referred to rapping as He didn't talking. know how to t- describe what Jay-Z was doing. Nice. So he said, started saying talking, then he start, started saying singing, and then he said that he didn't know what to call it. Okay, so that's an outdated, that's an outdated idiot. What? That's just an outdated idiot. If you don't know what you're talking about, shut, shut the hell up, up. dude. You should have shut up so many months ago. Don't bring rap into it. Just shut the shut hell up, old man. Okay. Our cool president. The coolest. Is asked. Who are some of your favorite rappers? Yeah. President Barack Obama goes on to say that Kendrick Lamar and Chance the Rapper are currently the two best rappers in the game. It's empirically true. But we need to respect the fact that Jay-Z is the best who ever did it. Sense of history. Our president That's the of commander America. He also runs the military. Is aware. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> he also makes military decisions, and he also knows how cool Chance the Rapper is. He is so chameleonic. Yeah, yeah. He can just be, if you saw him during the Halloween when the kids walk up and he puts candy in their bags, he had a killer dad joke God. for every single prince. A little prince walked up. Yeah. He started singing, purple rain, uh, purple rain. Yeah, he's And he's greatest. doing it because he's having a great old yeah. time. Well, I got to say, it's like, that's the thing. I'm so happy that Obama, it's been such a sort of a treat for us that President Obama has been sort of the, I don't know, one of the first presidents like of the internet era where we can like really get to know everything about everyone and like, you know, the difference between presidents are no longer, or the internet really breaks down the barrier between like the citizenry and like we're down here and the president up in the white shining hill in the White House up there. Sure. Now we're all just kind of humans who have Twitter accounts. A little bit more interactivity. And a little bit more like democracy of like, of, you know, human interaction. I can tweet at the president. Sure. I can just tweet at the president. Yes. And like that can just happen now. Yes. And like we can dig up every single like piece of nuanced history about the Obamas. We can see their college photos from the 80s. See, this is why I'm 
incredibly impressed with Barack Obama and Michelle Obama because in the internet age, there are no secrets. No secrets. If you ever did something, it is going to be found. Exactly. The more power you look to get in the world, the more people will try and pull you down. Scrutinized. Scrutinized. And... God, knock on every piece of wood, though. Seriously. I don't think you need to knock on the wood because he's a decent man and they exist. Exactly. He and, has no scandal. And that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like, that, exact, precisely. Not only does he have no scandal, and it's like, sure, like, um, my life is an open book. I used to smoke cigarettes. I try not to. Sometimes I still do. I just kind of struggle with Nicorette. Michelle gets on my ass about it. And it's like, his foibles humanize him. Every single thing about him is humanizing. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, there, there, is, there are no dark secrets to uncover yet knock on all the woods, obviously. I think that the, there was enough time. <laughs> they were going after, I mean, they. Idiot Donald Trump yeah. and his idiot friends yes. were trying to lead a birther movement. Yeah. And these were some of the scandals that they were trying to create and then hyperinflate. Yeah. That he wasn't born here. <sighs> it's like, okay, idiots. Yeah. Like, you get – every four years, you get, like, get a, eight months get to megaphone. just like, – Yeah, and we can, like, listen to your idiotic viewpoints. Yes. And then we have to put you back in the cupboard for yes, another Yes, exactly. Eight. Two other hilarious things. Uh, Trump pronounced Beyonce, Beyonce. Mm. <laughs> Doesn't know what rapping is. Pronounced Beyonce, Beyonce. Come on, man. And also one of his, I don't know if you saw this, one of his surrogates uh, went on CNN and was criticizing Jay-Z and Beyonce and uh, referred to the lyrics of Jay-Z's song and says that he opens one of his songs talking about throwing Mazel Tov cocktails. Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov. <laughs> That was one of the <laughs> Nope. No way. That's true. Yeah. Mazel tov? Yeah, that's what she said on CNN. The guy was like, I don't think it's Mazel tov cocktail. Is that like a bottle full of gasoline <laughs> with a yarmulke on top? Exactly. Just Manischewitz on fire. Jesus. Yeah. So like the Trump campaign, to, to just to highlight your point, to right. say they are disconnected right. from contemporary life. Right. <laughs> so we're doing a lot of insulting about uh, Trump, people yeah, who surround Trump. It's easy to do. It's easy and we should. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired of trying to play it like down the middle. <laughs> You're so dumb and your viewpoints are so idiotic. Mazel You've had your cocktails. chance. Bye. Bye. But let's talk about the people who surround President Barack Obama. Yeah. Namely, his wife. The basic, another person I would happily have as my president. And I can only hope she will become president soon. <laughs> I mean – If she wants. If she it, wants. I, I – just like Barack Obama, I am just in awe yeah. of the grace yeah. and composure yeah. and – I'm sure I'm positive that this was not an easy eight years for her. And she and has it, been transparent about uh, like as much. And she and again, another wonderful thing about the Obamas is that in this age of transparency, like you said, you have to be. It's like we're going to find out everything about you anyway. So might as well tell us first. Yes. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. And because the Obamas have nothing to hide, it's like every new detail was a delight. Yes. It's like, oh, when you love each other so much. Oh, oh when you met each other in law school and you guys were so adorable. Right. And it's like we just get to know that. Uh, but Michelle was very open about, like, I didn't really, you know, uh, president. So it's like, we got kids. We got to live in the White House. It's all this scrutiny, like you're saying. Yeah. The magnifying glass and the spotlight is so bright. She didn't want anything to do with it. What reasonable person would want to be president? Of course. And that's the other crazy thing about Obama, Billy, yeah. is that you do have to – I mean, th this is bias, and I'm kidding a little bit, I think – I think you have to be something of a maniacal narcissist to even want to be president. That's not even a joke. I mean, like, you must to a certain extent. Some germ in you needs to, yes. even if you are, even though it is public service and you are like serving the public and mm -hmm. it is sort of like uh, un ego y in that way, you're the president. Yes. And you have to be on TV all the time and you have your picture taken all the time and you're everywhere. You're our president. You're our leader, commander in chief. You're so, always surrounded by people and cameras. Always. Have to be. So there's a certain amount of like exhibitionism or at least willingness to be in the public eye that obviously. You need to be president. Sure. Um, and, but again, credit to Obama that 
if he is some sort of sick, weird narcissist, and which he may be to want to be president, we haven't seen it. No. He's done a great job of concealing that weird weirdness from us. And so. his, his backstory was public service. Yeah. You know, it was public service. That's community what, organizer. Community organizer. Yeah. So, I mean, if this – it just seems like a different path to become president. Yeah. He wants to make America his community yes. and he wants to organize it better. Yes. Hillary Clinton has done very similar things as well. Right. I mean, she's dedicated her life to women's rights. Yes. To children's rights. Yeah. To education. Health to international. Yeah. I yeah. mean, so – these people, while yes, you do need to have some sort of narcissism in your bloodstream to say, why me? I wanna... Because it should be. She is – she feels like she's right from the right lineage yes. of at least going about the right exactly. And hearing Michelle say something like, yes, I was trepidatious about being pre- – about Barack being president and running for president – even further humanizes them to me because it's like, yeah, like if you don't have reservations about being president, you're double psycho. Right. Like I get wanting to run for president right. of America. Right. I'm like, that's really hard. I would never do it. I right. could never do it. I would never want to. Right. I have a lot of admiration and confusion for people who do want to. But like to acknowledge that it's kind of a shitty job. <laughs> yes. A kind of it, that it's kind of actually a shitty job. Totally. That re- comes with nothing but criticism and scrutiny. Nothing but. Yeah. Uh, is really humanizing and makes them more, it makes them more trustworthy, which is so rare because it's like it seems like to be a politician you need to be inauthentic at right. select times. Exactly, you need to pander right. to make sure that you can have the largest support base. Right, they that's had, what politicking is. That's literally yeah. what it is. So it's like I get why politicians have to lie right. sometimes. Yeah. it's not fun right. and it's not like fun to justify. But right. I get it. Yes, but there is something to be said for the fact that they never struck an inauthentic chord, at least with me, yeah. where I started to question what other things have they said? Never. When are they picking spots to pander to me? Never, ever. It seems like you know what you're getting, yep. and there's just something very comfortable about that. Very Absolutely. comforting about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And he, they're so humble. You know, there's a real humility to them. And the one exception, and this is very recent, I don't know, I know you love Bill Maher, yes. but Obama well, sat down with yeah, I, I mean, I, you I, watch Bill Maher. I watch Bill Maher. You watch Bill Maher. Yes. Yes. We all love and hate him and he's weird, but he's also fun and fine and smart. Yeah. But Obama was, I don't know if you saw the interview, Obama had like a 35 minute interview with Bill yes. Maher. And that to me was Obama. I don't know. There was a, a vi- I don't know if you felt this way too, but that whole interview had the vibe of a victory lap. And oh. that was like the least humble I've ever seen Obama. And again, that's relative, but he was like, he's been on a victory lap for like this past yeah. month. Yeah. It was like, he's just starting to like pat him, just starting to pat himself on the back a little bit. He's allowed to throw that like crooked <laughs> smile and like toss his head like in a month. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you in a month. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Talking about the cigarettes. Yeah. Like right out the gate and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, we're very lucky. We're really, really lucky. So, so lucky. And again, I mean, Michelle has been like, I read a headline, but again, I don't know if you can trust what you read. She's maybe considering running for Senate. Holy crap. Yeah. Like that is not to me. That is would be best case scenario for us. I doubt she I don't know if she would want that. Right. I don't know if she would want to do that. Maybe when Sasha and Millie are off in college. Right. Maybe. Right. You know what I mean? But right. uh, but I would love – I we would appreciate – Michelle, if you're listening, and I know you listen to this podcast religiously. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. Um, please, and thank you, Malia, for putting your mom on to the seriously, podcast. Seriously, and for uh, subscribing on iTunes and downloading it on your mom's phone. We thank really you. appreciate that. Thank you, Malia. It's really huge for us. Thank you. Um, but uh, I, I, on behalf of America, Michelle, please run for – please, we need you. Please run for office and yep. be a public servant. I'll Into it. I'll happily vote for you. Into it. Jay-Z <laughs> Beyonce should be America's coolest couple. Turns out it's Barack and Michelle. It's the president. Um, it's the second act break. Adam, is there any song or any sort of, uh, I don't know, anything that comes to mind when you think about the Obamas? When I think about the Obamas. I'm well aware that Michelle Obama's favorite musician is Stevie Wonder. 
Is it really? Yeah. Oh, well, that's great because she has excellent taste. Yes. Do you have any favorite Stevie Wonder songs? I do, and I'll kind. Of, it sort of relates to the kind of bubble guts that we're feeling. What about if we play Superstition? Okay. Because we're feeling a little maybe not superstitious about today. Although I was reading some funny posts that people like some of our more OCD comedy friends were like, if I just like close the door, close the drawer like 15 <laughs> times, Hillary will win. So it's like people are like dictating their entire days by living under these superstitions. So Got maybe it. that could be a Stevie Wonder song that we play. Th- that is the song that we play. Great. All right. So thanks again to Malia for putting her mother. Michelle onto the podcast. Big thank you, Malia. Appreciate it so much. Malia and Michelle, this one goes out to you for your last eight years, a song you've heard hundreds of times. (laughs) There's nothing special about what we're doing right now. Please enjoy Stevie Wonder.
was Superstitious by Stevie Wonder. And once again, that was going out to Michelle Obama and Malia Obama. Right. Yeah. We haven't given Sasha enough credit. Yes. Sasha is also a big listener of No Joke. Uh, I, and thank you for listening. And we are big fans of you as well. Yes. Yes. And just because we don't dedicate every song to you, it's like that doesn't mean that we're not considering you always. Right. Yeah. yeah. We're actually writing a letter to Sasha. <laughs> yeah. A handwritten letter to thank her. We didn't want to make it too public, but we should just put it out there that we're also big fans of Sasha. Huge fans. And Malia gets a song on the radio, and man, that's really kind of fancy for her. And like, right. this is a huge, big deal podcast, and of that's course. really amazing and for her to like get a shout out like that. Her and her mother will enjoy that moment. Exactly. Right. And that's going to be like definitely one of the highlights of their, certainly their day, if not year. Yeah. Uh, but you're getting a letter in the mail, Sasha. So a handwritten letter from Billy and I. So, You know what would be fun? Yeah. You know what we should ask uh, Malia <laughs> and Michelle to do? Hmm. When they're clearing out the Oval Office, yeah. when they're kind of taking pictures off of the shelves yep. and definitely listening to the podcast. No joke. They should take a picture of us when Superstitious comes on. That'd be great. Of them listening to us. Michelle and Malia, if you're listening, and right. we know that you are. Yes. Please, when you hear this part, when you right. come to the Stevie Wonder break. Yes. And your eyes inevitably light up because Billy and Adam are finally paying attention to you. Finally. And shining a light on you. Yes. <laughs> I have an idea. Why don't we send the White House to fatheads of you and I? <laughs> Are you familiar with fatheads? Yeah, those big so, – will, will, you, will you describe them? I can. Okay. They're largely in the sports community. Yes. But you can get you or your favorite athlete a uh, printed poster size, just the head. Just the head. Just the head. <laughs> I'm talking big like three head. to six feet size posters. If we get an Adam fathead <laughs> yeah. and a Billy fathead, we send it to 1600 Pennsylvania and we ask Michelle and Malia to hold it up over their faces while they're listening to the podcast, good. while they're cleaning out the Oval Office. Well, taking the pictures off the wall and taking the, the yeah. trophies off the shelf. And I would just, final request, Yes. when you're holding up the fatheads over your heads and we're all having a big laugh, Okay. <laughs> email nojokepod at gmail.com with okay. the picture, obviously. Definitely. I mean, Michelle and Malia already know this, but of send course. us that. But also post it on Instagram. Yeah, post it on your Instagram, Michelle and, and tag Malia. us. Please tag, tag us. us. Please tag us. Because it's important, Adam, that we get the followers. Yeah, yeah, we want the followers. Yeah. And you got Michelle and Malia, it's good for it's a good look for you guys to be associated with that with us. Because people might our... actually forget about Michelle and Malia when they're not living in the White House. Exactly. They might just become citizens again. Well, they will literally become citizens again, but at least now you have like a cool podcast affiliation. Exactly. You can and sort of hang your hat on that. One last viral run. <laughs> viral. One last viral run for Michelle and Malia holding fat heads of you and I listening to the podcast in the Oval Office. It's not complicated it's at not all. It's not complicated. This is easy, guys. You get it. You get it. Okay. Get it. Anyway, thank you for that. It's the third act of the No Joke podcast. <laughs> yeah. In this episode, we are celebrating our hero, President Obama. Now, what do we think this uh, esteemed president is going to do with the rest of his days, or at least the immediate future. Yes. Um, the guys that host Keeping It 1600, Dan Pfeiffer and John Favreau, who are like his buddies, um, and this is like sort of public knowledge, you know, he does want to own an NBA team. He should get season tickets to every single team in the league. <laughs> every single team ever. Every single team in the league should gift him season tickets. They should. Right out the gate. Absolutely. Right out the gate. Absolutely. Owning a basketball team. Owning. I feel like it'd be more fun to run it. Like GM. Pick the players. Yeah. Owners don't pick the players. They pick the executives. I guess that's true, huh? Well, he is he's and clearly it's like your least, money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. We, we should create a new team in the NBA and give it to him. He shouldn't have to pay $500 million. We should pay him. To we should do, just give yeah, him. Yeah, he Let's should get a gratis. Just give him another one. Just give him the Bulls. It, give him the Bulls. Just give him the Bulls already. The Reinsdorfs or whoever won't care. Give him the Bulls. Um, do I see him being a NBA owner? I mean, that's fun. If we're going to go the fun angle first. Yeah. Yes. I'd like him to be an NBA owner. Yeah. I would like him to have his own web series. Yeah. I would like him to just be really in the public eye. Yeah. He will have a podcast. Right. 
Like, I'm just, I'm sure, I, I feel sure of it. Right. Like, he will have a dope podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who will some of the guests be on his podcast? Oh, my God. Whoever he damn well please. That's a great question. It's going to be, it's gonna be <laughs> Angela Merkel, episode one, and Chance the Rapper, episode, yeah, episode two. two. But seriously, though. I'm saying. Because that's the kind of President Obama is. Right. He is diverse. He is, like you said, he contains freaking multitudes, man. How nice is that? He's the best. So, Malia and Michelle, when your dad and husband <laughs> says, hey, I'm thinking about doing a podcast, yeah. say, we listen to this podcast. <laughs> Now that you're not in office anymore, give it a shot. Give it a shot, man. Start with episode one first. Yeah. And go all the way to episode 47, Obama. You're going to love you. Amir Blumenfeld. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two episodes with Amir president. You're gonna... <laughs> I think you're really going to appreciate those. Exactly. Um, realistically, though. Yeah. Uh, Supreme Court? Oh, my God. I mean, that would be – that would be – if Hillary gets elected president and nominates – Barack Obama, as right. a Supreme Court justice, that yeah. would be a mind blower. Good news, bad news. He's out of the public eye because he's now in the Supreme Court. Yeah, um, but he's also in the Supreme Court and can hold down every progressive platform that he hopes to literally hold down. for the rest of his life. Hopefully. Because that's a lifetime position. Yes, at Supreme Court. Uh, yeah, again, the, like that would be a, to me for our, like selfishly as an American citizen. That would be my number one choice. Yeah, Supreme Court Justice Obama, uh, okay. absolutely. And to be totally frank, I would take either Barack or Michelle in that Supreme Court seat. To oh, be wow. completely frank with you, wow, I would take either Obama there. <laughs> what kind of like credentials do you need to have to become a Supreme Court justice? Well, I think that you might have to be a lawyer, which they both are, and I think that might be it. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe you have to be a judge on a lower circuit. Maybe okay. I'm talking way out my ass, Bill. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> and welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the ass cast. Right. Um, so, uh, so maybe you have to be a judge on like a sort of a lower, in a, like a lower stakes judge. Does, I'm not sure. Now, of course, he could vote on the biggest problems and issues that have made it to the Supreme Court, and right. that's important. Yes. Do you think that he holds higher value just creating social change and social leadership, being just in like, the public eye and just reminding people who we are as a nation and how we should behave, as opposed to focusing on singular cases one at a time? Just Is, being our inspirer in chief. There's something to be said for that, man. Yeah. There's something to be said for in the internet age of yeah. keeping people calm and level-headed. Yeah, yeah. And just trying to be that, like, because you can't really be a public figurehead to a certain extent. Yeah. You know, you can't really, like, campaign and say what you believe too much when you are a Supreme Court justice. You can't. So does it You si mustn't. So does, it, does that silence certain aspects that we actually loved about the man? I mean, I think if I'm Barack Obama, I do not want to work in public service right away. Okay. I mean, maybe not. I, I, like, you know, I might want to take a bit of a break or yes. something. And sort of maybe like as to kind of maybe what you're implying, sort of follow what the Clintons did. They started the foundation and you're like a private citizen and a public, you're like not a public yeah. servant in office, but you are raising money for good things all over the world. Yes. And the Clinton Foundation has helped with HIV all over the world and done all these things, educating women all over the place. So I see Barack and Michelle doing something. I mean, it seems obvious that they would yeah. sort of start some sort of altruistic, philanthropic foundation like that. Right. For a while, at least. Right. And then maybe hopefully after that first post-presidential chapter of Barack Obama's life, then maybe he'll get the itch and that then maybe sense. he'll want to leap back into public service. Yep. And maybe then the Supreme Court seat will be available. Uh-huh. Right, right, right. And so maybe in like a decade or so, maybe sense. he'll maybe come back to politics. Take a breath. Take a freaking breath. Take a breath, sir. Record a jazz album. You know what I mean? Like Just run three on three <laughs> in your backyard with all of your friends. Because you know that's what he wants to do. What were you just saying? After every election day, what does President Barack Obama do? He plays basketball. And they were saying on CNN that he was going to vote today and then going right to the gym to play basketball. Be That's my friend. That's what we do. Be my friend, That's please. what we do, Barack. God. <laughs>
God. And all, I mean, also just as a basketball fan, the first president to be uh, to be wildly passionate and completely transparent about basketball being his number one favorite sport. He was on ESPN every week before uh, March Madness. March Madness, picking the bracket, picking his bracket. And it was informed polls, man. <laughs> Where did you get the time to know about, like, Wichita State? He knew which 12s <laughs> to pick over the fives. How did you know that, Barack? Oh, unbelievable. He's just a winner in every sense of the word. He really, really is. Total fanboy right now. I know. Well, I'm a total turned, fanboy. He turned fanboys into us all. Billy, you have uh, – I know that we've referenced this on the podcast before, but, Billy, you had a, a great comic strip called The Librarianist for oh. years and years and years. Oh, yeah. And one of my very, very favorite librarianist strips uh, was a – a picture of Barack Obama, and it just said PILF. Pilf. And that is one of, I think, still remains one of my favorite librarianist images. Yes. That has been. I forgot about that And he one. remains. He is a PILF. PILF. <laughs> That's He's a president I'd like to. Straight up. Yeah. Straight Go to up. the librarianist.tumblr.com. Please. That's librarian with an I-S-T <laughs> dot Tumblr.com. Treat yourself. Treat it's, yourself yeah. to some weird Oh, baby, comics. it's word. You're going to understand 30% of them. Don't get frustrated. <laughs> Don't get mad. Don't get mad. It's easy. Yeah. yeah. But p- yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought that you really hit the really should have been a shirt. Should have been, been a shirt. shirt. Looking back on it all, should have been a shirt. Should have been a shirt. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, maybe we'll get to meet him one day. I mean, maybe there's. I was a thinking that too. Chance that we will get to interact with Barack. I've Obama. met Donald Trump and I've met Bill Clinton, so it seems like and Bernie Sanders and Bernie Sanders. If you're <laughs> if you are an old white politician, when did you meet Donald Trump? I met Donald Trump interning at SNL. And he was hosting that week, and none of the writers were excited about it. In, f- in fact, a few of them actually uh, were trying to figure out ways of not doing it. There was only two hosts where the writers were like, not interested. Donald Trump and the Olsen twins. <laughs> <laughs> the, old, the twins hosted SNL? Yes. Wow. The season finale, which made people bump. Um, <laughs> that is a bummer. Yeah. Um, I met Donald Trump, and the one thing that we were told in advance is, he's a germaphobe, don't shake his hand. Okay. He walks in, what's the first thing I do? Extend my hand. Shake Obviously, it. Trolling. Shake it. <laughs> shake it. Just shake it. Shake it. 20th century trolling. Yep. And I remember thinking, as soon as I was shaking his hand, I was just like, he's not even, he doesn't, he doesn't care about this germaphobe. No. He's not a germaphobe. He's just a big idiot He's just liar. a germ. Even at the table read, um, he was so unimpressed with the jokes being thrown his way. Like at him, it was just like I was like, "Who is even as a young man?" I was like, "Who is this guy who's like rejecting everything about the show he signed up for?" From the best comedy writers in the world in the room. So yeah, forget I, it. So I met him. Yeah, we met Bill. I met Bill Clinton catering. This must have been a restaurant associates thing. Yeah, restaurant associates. There was a hundred caterers lined up against the wall, and he's picked me as the one that he was going to say hello to. <laughs> and he walks up to me. I'm covered in split pea soup, probably. <laughs> and he extends his hands and he says, "It's a great event tonight, isn't it?" And I go, "Sure is, my man." <laughs> Sure is my man. And I said my man. And he like gave me a smile like, okay. And then he kept walking. And all these caterers came up to me. They're like, do you know Bill Clinton? Because he chose you, Bill. And you said my man very Very colloquially. Very cash. Sure is my man. And it wasn't even that nice an event. I was pandering. Beautiful sure about is that. my sure, man. Sure is my man. My man is the best part of that. Yeah. Oh my god. And then we talked about the Bernie. Uh, yeah. When you and Marina ran into Bernie and Silver Lake. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So like you, the odds of. I mean, you're you're kind of three for three. I mean, I feel like the odds of you running into Barack. Yeah. Obama, so this is the No Joke Podcast. In the third act, we talk about the future of our subject, the future of Obama. Find me and Adam. Find us, man. Can we get him on the podcast? Oh, we would love to have you, Barack. Here's how Bill Maher got Barack Obama on real time. How? He, for years, wanted to. He gave him a million dollars to campaign eight years ago. Wow. 
And he said that should probably win some favor over. Barack Obama didn't go on real time. Then he got 100,000 people to sign a petition. Petition? Not, you know, like uh, yes. if, if you got 100,000 signatures, it does go across his desk. Great. Any petition. And it worked. So maybe we get 100,000 listeners yeah. of No Joke to sign a petition, get him in the HeadGum studio. I think that seems totally reasonable. I did not know this 100,000 signatures automatically gets you into the Oval Office you don't. Well, you didn't know this? I don't think I knew that. Dude, you need to go online. So I need to go online. So <laughs> Star Wars fans did this. Somebody wanted to create the Death Star. And so 100,000 Star Wars fans wrote like, we need like a like an inch by inch like exact replica of the Death Star made in America. Hundred thousand people went across the president's the desk. president. The president signs off on the Death Star. He probably crosses that. <laughs> one. He sees it and he says no. no. He takes out the no stamp and goes no. Right, but I saw it. Nerds, but I saw it. That is so amazing. And we don't have a million dollars necessarily to contribute to Barack, but no. we have. Uh, five? Yeah, we got five. Five? <laughs> 250 each? 250. All right. I'll throw in 250. Billy throws in 250. That'll be a start. Okay. As, a, as a, just a gesture of good faith. So, Mr. President, if you're looking for $5 in 2017, <laughs> come to the No Joke Podcast. Please. I think we now have our goal for 2017. Get President Barack Obama, who will then be ex-president. Yes. Barack Obama. Yes. Down here to the HeadGum Studios. Yes. We have very comfortable chairs, Mr. President. Yes. Um, very Yep, there's a really nice woven pillow next to me right now. You'll have a great time. There's lacrosse. So, Malia, Michelle, when your dad and husband has a few minutes, yeah. just tell them to swing out to L.A. Yeah. Open arms. Please, open arms here. Thank you, Mr. President. Truly. When this podcast comes out, we will have a new president. Yes. And I hope that all of our bubble guts will have subsided by then. Yes. Until thank you, Barack. Thank you, Barack. Thank you, Barack. Until then, this is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. You're an American. Take care of our country. Thank you, America. Talk to you soon. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>